Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Welcome to the Throwing Jabs Podcast with Jace Garcia and Jared Jones. To the winner by unanimous decision, once again a world champion from Karaganda, Kazakhstan, the new IBF, IBO middleweight champion of the world, Gennady Gennadyovich Golovkin. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Throwing Jabs Boxing Podcast. I'm Jace Garcia and joined, like always, by Jared Jones. Now, let's dive right into the fight, that the big fight that happened this weekend. Triple G got a middleweight belt back, IBF middleweight, the vacant IBF middleweight belt. He defeated Sergey uh, Derevyanchenko, who on this show I constantly refer to as the chump. But, uh, I mean, it was a tough fight. Uh, he won via unanimous decision. Uh, because of my hatred towards Derevyanchenko, I'm going to go and say Triple G's past his prime, and he did not look that good. What do you think of the fight, Jared? Um, he didn't look that good, but I don't think I it may or may not be because because he's past his prime at 37 years old, it's time to start watching these fights and thinking is this guy reached a point where he's not no longer going to be able to be competitive with these guys. But on the other hand, this guy the, the cut was uh 159. This guy lives at 175-180. So you're talking about between 16 and 21 pounds that he had to lose to make that weight cut, um, which is normal. That's absolutely 100% normal for most fighters. That's even on the light side of what some guys lose. I've heard of guys losing up to 30-plus pounds from what they live at to make weight for a fight. So for him to cut to 159, now they had a clause in the contract that they could only put on 10 pounds in the next 24 hours, which again, I've heard of guys put on 20, 25, up to about yeah. 30 pounds in the 24 hours between the weigh-in and the fight. So he came in at 171, 12 pounds over what he had weighed in at 24 hours before and had to go back and cut. And now this is the thing the average fan doesn't understand what a weight cut's like. I personally cut 14 one day in a 24-hour stretch. A it's lot. what it does to your body to your brain it's 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 a real shit show so so for him to cut that weight and to come in 24 hours later and have to cut a few more pounds i can't even imagine how draining that one or two pound weight cut was on the night of the you know on the night of the fight you had to go back out and do something to lose a pound when you were just you know rehydrating from the cut the day before that will make anybody look like an old man. Yeah. Anybody that makes that weight cut and then has that fight. So it's hard to tell from either guy. Is Triple G too old? I don't know. He might be. But with that discrepancy in the contract and then in the weight cut for him, it's hard to tell. This could be the same Triple G we all, always knew. And to pull the fight out, to win at 37 years old when you made a weight cut an hour ago. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's 
that's that's something else. So Derevchenko, hard to say whether he can be competitive or not. See, I I, I, I jokingly say that Triple G's past his prime. He, th- that is tough having to cut the weight and that stuff. But uh, I, I just don't want to give uh, this Derevchenko any credit for what he did. I mean, even this now with the weight cutting stuff, that's contractually. I, I don't think Triple G put that in his clause because he hasn't had it in any other fight. No. Nope. Why is it this? Why is Derevchenko getting that? He regularly puts on fifteen or twenty pounds, and this time put on yeah. twelve and had to cut. So this guy weaseling his way around stuff—it's it, upsetting. But uh, now let's get past him. This dude's done. This dude is... I don't want to see this dude fight again. I don't want to even hear the name Derevianchenko again. Every time I watch Valentina Shevchenko in UFC, this guy's going to come to mind just because of the Chenko at the end. So, uh, but with Triple G moving on from here... This is a good, good fighter. By the way, we will say his name again. This is a good... This is... We can't tell if he's elite yet. I'm not saying yeah. he's he's ready to fight Canelo, because I think on a... Without that clause in the contract, Canelo beats this guy up, and I think Triple G has a lot easier time with him if he hadn't just, just made yeah. a cup. But, uh, but Derevchenko can fight. This guy's, this guy's good. He's a, he's a scrappy dude. Well, I obviously like him a lot more than you yeah, do, yeah. and I don't really like him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, what's next for Triple G? Obviously, the big names: Andra, Andrade, uh, Charlo, the Canelo trilogy. Uh, I, I think Andrade is probably the best bet, seeing as how they both are the zone guys. Um, but uh, I mean, and Canelo's got the Kovalev fight. But uh, these are the three th- fights we need. If and if uh, we don't need another just random guy coming up, another uh, yeah Daniel Jacobs or whatever. Yeah, don't rematch Derevchenko. Um, I agree with those three fights, and I think if I'm Triple G, I push for Canelo based on the fact that I'm 37 years old. Yeah, I'm obviously toward the twilight of my career. And I want the big name, the big money fight. I don't want a Charlo or an Andre. I don't want to fight a young, undefeated lion that people are then going to say wasn't ready for me. You know, a la Canelo and Floyd. Yeah. And I mean, Canelo, uh, Triple G was coming out and saying Canelo didn't want the rematch, didn't want the trilogy fight. But now that you have a belt, it's it's definitely a lot more favorable and a lot more... uh, Drawing, so I I think Canelo will take another fight with him. Oh, but I I mean I I would love to see him step in the ring with Andrade or or Charlo as well. I mean I yeah. I just th- one of these three fights needs to be made. Yes, agreed. Now the other fight we previewed last weekend: Clarissa Shields versus Ivan Ivana Hibazin. That sadly that fight did not go through. Because uh, prior to the weigh-in, uh, there was a scuffle, and Haibazin's trainer, uh, Bashir Ali, was sucker-punched and had to be rushed to the hospital where uh, he underwent emergency surgery for multiple facial fractures. This is something you don't like to see at all. This is something that uh, really, I mean, when you look at the people... 
who say what they want about boxing yes. and fighting and combat sports in general. This is this is the black eye of the sport. This is like Conor McGregor <laughs> no throwing, intended. yeah, Conor McGregor throwing the dolly at the bus for yes. the UFC. This stuff doesn't need to be in the sport. And I mean, it's it's the trainer, like really. And part of me, part of me wants to go and say this: the fighters are both fine. Why didn't the fight happen? But but realistically, this shouldn't have happened in the first place. There shouldn't have been a brawl. It's just ridiculous. It uh, this is the kind of thing. It reminds me of an episode of The Ultimate Fighter where two of the guys got got into a scuffle and Dana White came in and kicked him out of the house. Yeah. And he gave a little speech before he did that that I, I wish I had a sound bite of right now. Um but you guys are everything that's wrong with this sport. Yeah. We put on shows like these reality shows with fighters. Um, and some of them do so well for the simple fact that they humanize the fighters. You get to yeah. you see the stories. You get them into a spot where it's human beings. Why do we watch movies or shows or anything to begin with? Because it's relatable for us. We feel like we can relate to these characters. If you're not a fighter, you can't relate to them as fighters. You need to relate to them on another level, on a humanistic level. So we humanize them through these shows. So when they start doing stuff like this... We humanize them at the press conference. Tell me about your flipping cats, okay? Don't knock yeah. out the other trainer because this is this is everybody's argument. We had two men die this year boxing. Yeah. The critics say shut down the sport. Boxing shouldn't be a thing because people die doing it. And some of the argument, it's hard to argue against, but then you have... Don't force me to come up with an adjective. People like this that are going to do things like this and take a sport with so many great and wonderful parts of it that I love the psychological parts that I love to talk about. And you strip us of that and make it look like we're all just meatheads smacking the tar out of each other. And yeah. that's 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 what the critics will say. And you give credence to their argument. You're loading their gun for them. And these are the people that the higher-ups in boxing have to battle all the time. Yeah. That, and that's one place where you would credit the WBA, the IPF, the, these, these sanctioning bodies. Because they have been able to ward off these uh, opponents. But we don't need our boxing family making that argument for them and that's what situations like this do yeah you're right i mean going from one canceled fight to another uh <laughs> tyron spong fails uh banned substance test for the fight against uh Usyk. So now uh, he is no longer the guy welcoming Usyk to the heavyweight division. It will now be Chaz Witherspoon uh, who steps in as Spong's replacement. I don't know anything about this Witherspoon guy. I know a decent amount about Usyk. And uh, I feel bad for this Witherspoon guy. Well, see, and this is another point. I go back to... Um so that there was a heavyweight. His name's escaping me right now. But that when these guys fail these tests, 
if it's willingly and knowingly, they should there should perhaps be a criminal charge associated with that. Yeah. Based on the fact that this is a dangerous game and when you well, your performance is enhanced, you have your your goal is to separate the other man from his consciousness. So if you're using something cheating to do that more effectively, that's yeah. assault. I mean it qualifies from a from a legal standpoint, yeah. it qualifies as a crime. You're right. Um so Spong, you're gone. Shouldn't shouldn't get another shot like this. Witherspoon, I mean, it's a late replacement. You gotta respect a 38 year old man getting up for the getting up for the task. Yeah. I don't think there's gonna be much here, though. I think cover your mouth, Usyk, uh, probably finishes Witherspoon and probably without a lot of di- difficulty. But Chaz was, you know, there was a time where yeah. Chaz Witherspoon was. To be reckoned with. I'm pretty sure that time has passed. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Uh, I think the guy you were looking for was uh, Big Baby Miller, the name you were looking for, right? Jarrell Miller. Yeah. Uh, no, it was uh, the um, other no, heavyweight when, there. When he, when he fell out, fell through the the Joshua fight that ended up leading to Andy Ruiz. But uh, uh, I, I agree that there should be something with the – there definitely should be some sort of charge or something, some bigger action taken for ban- banned substances, but also Dillian White. Oh yes, 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 yes. But uh, also with banned substances, it's it's tough. It's a it's a very thin line. Uh, there's a lot of supplements and that stuff. If you uh, if you go on. Uh, the VADA website or the U- USADA website, that's what the UFC uses, yeah. and you look at their banned substance list and then go to like GNC or some like supplement and company. And grab anything. Yeah, yeah all yeah. that stuff's banned. So I mean... Well, and that's why I say willingly and and knowingly. Yeah. Like if you, can, if you can provide evidence that this was willful, then it should... Than it, because some guys are out there just shooting up steroids into their backside and hoping they don't get caught. Yeah, I mean, going going back to the UFC, look at uh, TJ Dillshaw. Uh, I don't remember what the drug was called, but it was definitely something that people have come out and said it has to be taken inter- intravenously. So that that is obviously a smoking gun. But yeah, Oh, yeah, yeah. Whereas Golden Tate was trying to get his wife pregnant so they could have a child during yeah. the off season and took supplements to help with that that he didn't know were on the ban list told everybody that he was doing it and then failed on his way back into the season and ended up suspended for four games yeah, yeah. so that's a little i mean they're they're obviously that it's all gray areas but uh but they're chris lieben we were sure you know, there's yeah. Dillian White. It seems like we were sure about that. So when we're sure, there should be something attached to it. And Spong wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I, ignorance obviously isn't a defense. I I think suspension, getting pulled out of the fight, taking a paycheck from someone, th- that is that that's a suitable punishment. But when you go down the line of charging people with uh, assault and that stuff with the uh, with the use of steroids, that you have to be a hundred percent sure. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I, I I agree, but you, there is a fine line there. Yeah, yeah. I'd want guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Sure. 
speaking about steroids and that stuff, someone who looks like he has the body of someone that does steroids but does not, Ryan Garcia takes a fight with Romero Dunno. Uh, it is going to be on the Canelo versus Kovalev undercard. This Ryan Garcia kid, um, I like him. He's he's a beast. He also, um, he's doing something that I think is going to bring a lot of the younger fans. This this guy's the future of boxing. He's got a lot of star, star power. He has his own YouTube channel. He's big friends with uh, that uh, dude who's boxing, the Logan Paul or whatever. The, yeah. He's friends with that guy. And the younger generation, they see that. And, and th- this is the draw for the younger generation. So I hope he, uh, this Dunno person, I, I think he'll be able to get it done. Ryan Garcia is a beast. Uh, I, I see a very, very bright future for Ryan Garcia. All right. Well, three things. First, uh, it's number 37 versus number 16 on BoxRec, so nice next next step for Ryan Garcia. Yeah. That's first of all, is this isn't a blowaway fight. Second, uh, Ryan Garcia, I agree. This kid has some, there's something there. There's something there, and he should work his way up the train, as, assuming he's handled properly. And the last thing I'd like to say is uh, Ramiro Dano's parents missed an opportunity with his middle name starting with an I. I really think Romero, <laughs> I don't know, would have been a good name for him. But, yeah, that's really all I have to say about that. All right. <laughs> so, moving on from the fight announcement. Uh, I'm a big WWE fan. I have my own. I, I have a WWE podcast. Shout out Hard Hitting Wrestling Show. This week, this past Friday, as well as uh, yesterday, Monday... Tyson Fury has dabbled a little bit in WWE television. Starting off, he got into uh, one of the wrestlers, put his dukes up at him, sitting on the sidelines, uh, side of the match. Ended up getting another person thrown into him. Tyson Fury jumped the barricade, yelling, screaming at this wrestler. A bunch of security came and escorted him out. That part I saw, all the security guards were like 5'8". Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You could see Fury like head and shoulders above every security guard. Yeah, but moving on to Monday, uh, Tyson Fury came out and he demanded an apology from this wrestler who threw another wrestler into Tyson Fury. And he went out to the center of the ring for the main event. They, he said, I demand an apology. Then they got into a brawl. This guy, he was going up against Braun Strowman. Uh, he's a he's a big, he, he's taller than Tyson Fury. He's thick. He's a thick boy. Former uh, strongman athlete. So uh, they went at it. Uh, the whole locker room for WWE came in and uh, tore them apart. Tyson Fury, taller than everyone there, too. He was yelling, mm-hmm. let's fight right now, putting his arms up, yelling at Braun Strowman. This is something I like. I uh, Say what you want about WWE. Uh, it's entertainment. I, I enjoy it. You don't have to enjoy it, but stuff like this is what makes it great. You go back and you look at WWE, the stuff with Floyd Mayweather, the stuff with Mike Tyson. Uh, Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean, even Lawrence Taylor wrestled too. So, sports... Rousey went there, yep. Yeah, Ronda Rousey. Uh, K-1 
Cain Velasquez that same Friday night. Yeah. He made his debut. So combat sports and WWE are intertwined no matter how much you like it. The way Tyson Fury talks, this dude deserves to be in the WWE. He also came out in a luchador mask his last fight. So this dude obviously has some some interest. Desire. Yeah, some interest and some desire. And good for him. He's waiting for uh, this Ortiz and Deontay Wilder fight to get done. Why not make some money with the WWE? Yeah. No, and I I got no problem with it. I think this is good for Tyson Fury. It's it's good for fans. It's good from an entertainment spo- standpoint. It's obviously good for his finances and the finances of WWE yeah. and the finances of boxing and everybody... But I think it's ultimately bad for boxing in general if you want the best Tyson Fury and the most focused guy in that fight. But, man, we talk all the time about not getting the best guys in the ring together anyways. So so should he be in a basement somewhere training this far away from a fight when the guy he's hoping to fight has another fight between now and that? Hell no. I have no problem with this. Go get yeah. your go get your money, get your recognition, get your name known, get yourself out there. Kudos, Tyson Fury. Go do your thing. Yeah, now sticking in the heavyweight division. After training with Andy Ruiz, Evander Holyfield teases a comeback. To the ring at the age of 56. I mean, Evander Holyfield is a tank. No, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He he seems uh, he doesn't seem like he's taking too much damage. You can't tell like the slur or anything. He was just on the Joe Rogan podcast. He seemed perfectly fine and uh, very uh, tell intelligible. So. Yeah, I, I think he's good, but you don't need another fight, man. I, I understand you get into the gym, you're training with this guy, you, you, you're feeling you're good sparring. about yourself. You're yeah. sparring with the heavyweight champion and you're Evander Holyfield. Yeah. If I'm the heavyweight champion and I'm sparring with Evander and a 56-year-old Evander Holyfield, I am respectful yes. as I possibly can be with my hands while still... You know, I want to dominate the session, but from the outside. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do anything that's going to... And I think that's got to be, at this point, at 56 years old, whoever he's boxing with either doesn't want to hurt him or he doesn't want to hurt that someone. I don't think he and Andy Ruiz banged out and he was like, I still got it. I think Andy Ruiz probably went a little soft and um, isn't the fastest heavyweight to begin with hand speed's yeah. good but i mean he doesn't get around the ring like no. like a vander used to 30 years ago this is a disaster this that dude please don't yeah please don't i agree with you do not uh 56 is just way too old to be in the boxing ring uh i mean you brought it up. We had two deaths already this year you're older the, the clock's already ticking oh. i mean it would Can just you imagine sa- what that would do for our yeah, sport? It would be terrible. Yikes. So, uh, No, thank you. Hopefully this is just him talking some crap. Him uh, shooting the breeze. Yeah, another it. Lennox Lewis replay. Yeah, so uh, please, Evander, if you are listening, Don't. do not. Don't. Please. 
We love you. We don't want to see you get hurt. Yeah, yeah. Leave the uh, leave the the camera flashes for your for your sons. They're all out there yeah. kicking ass and taking names. So leave that to them for now. You're 56. Yep. Now, uh, speaking of great boxers, the candidates oh. for uh, the 20 the class of 2020 inductions into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Uh, were announced, headlined by Bernard Hopkins, Juan, Man- Juan Manuel Marquez, uh, Shane Mosley, Antonio Tarver, Diego Corrales, Leila Ali, and Wolf, and uh, Holly Holm. This, uh, this is a stacked class. This is a hell of a list. Now, I tried to tell you last week, Yeah, I gave a mention to Ann Wolf. Yeah, I did watched you, that fight. Whoo, did I tell you Gnarly. that was one of the most hellacious yes. knockouts I've ever seen, male or female? Um, and this is this. I mean, to, to, I've heard arguments made that Layla Ali ducked those other two, that those two names that come after hers on that list, Ann Wolf and mm-hmm. Holly Holm. Um, there, but there, I, I mean, to say that one of these guys obviously stands out. Over any of the others, I mean, this is this whole list is honestly. If there's some, if I have to cross one name off of that list, and they're not gonna like it at the International Boxing Hall of Fame, and it's the last thing they're gonna do, but it is Leilali. She is from a from a pure yeah. boxing standpoint. She's one of these things is not like the others. Yeah, and it's Leilali. Um, that being said, this is a great batch of fighters and all of them have done enough from, from my perspective to be in whatever hall of fame it is that we offer for boxing. Yeah. I mean, I agree with, yeah, I agree. Holly Holm, she, she's going to get in the UFC hall of fame as well. She, she definitely deserves to be in the boxing hall of fame. Uh, I, I, I think there's a lot more, uh, candidates as well. Uh, th- these are just the headliners, and I, I agree with all these. I do agree, Leila Ali. There, there definitely was a, a a draw factor to her because of her last name. Yeah, and she did not uh, do as well as everyone else up here. But, but I mean, she still brought eyes to the sport. Yeah, so. well, and expectations with that name. I think yeah. yes for the sport in general. Perhaps not for her career, but for the sport in general, she did more than should have been expected of yeah. her. With a last name like that, she needed to, you know, she and she wasn't that in the ring. So outside of the ring, she did her best to live up to that. And I kudos to Layla Ali. Yeah, even she, she did good things for our, for our game. Even after her career, she's still a great uh, ambassador to boxing. So I, I I think this is all fine. All these guys should be in. But that's going to be it for the current events. Let's talk some fights coming up this weekend. We mentioned it earlier. On to zone this Saturday from Chicago. Chaz Witherspoon welcomes Alexander Usyk to the heavyweight division. Usyk, a former uh, unified cruiserweight champion. Uh, Chaz Witherspoon is not going to get it done. Uh, I, I'm excited to see how Usyk looks at heavyweight, and uh, I, I think he gets it done pretty handily this Saturday. I do too. That being said, there was a kid named Chuck Latito who'd beat everybody 
from everywhere and he came in and fought came up a weight class and fought a guy nobody expected to beat him i don't remember the guy's name nor could i pronounce it when i did <laughs> um <laughs> but your Yusik is coming up a weight class and fighting who a guy that was a solid solid heavyweight he had a fight six months ago um he hasn't been completely inactive for any yeah lengthy stretch in his career he's only had two fights in the last three years but he fought right be just about three years ago you know so at least one fight a year um he's remained active and you're coming up a weight class so there's an outside shot here i'm taking you sick i'm not saying take yeah. take the spread on witherspoon but there's an outside shot that Chaz. i he's always showed up to fight i always remember this guy putting on a good show and also, this and is heavy they're heavyweights. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Any punch can mean night night for anyone in the yeah. heavyweight division. Witherspoon has that punch in his arsenal. Yeah, at heavyweight. So yeah, it should be fun though. We'll see. And in the co-main event, uh, Lennon Castillo challenges WBA light heavyweight champion Dimitri Bivol. Uh, this, yeah. I'm not really too entertained by this fight. Bivol should get it done handily. Lennon Castillo hasn't shown me, uh, doesn't seem like a tough enough challenge for Bivol. Uh, I think this fight is just made to give Bivol a fight and then he'll get the winner of next week's match between uh, Vosdick and Peter Biv. I was very upset about this fight because Castillo's uh, 105 on our ELO rankings. So to be one of those top four guys that I want to see them all fight each other. Um, But when I researched a little, I found this quote from Dimitri Bivol. Bivol said, quote, yeah, everything is happening with the light heavyweight division. I feel a little bit outside, but I know why. Top rank has three fighters. They want to make one champion. And I understand Canelo wants a big fight, a big name like Sergey Kovalev. I understand that. I just need patience and just fight to be prepared to develop my career. This is what Bivol said. Now, those other three fighters are the belt holders. One of them's gone. The other two are fighting each other. So I had said last week that I don't like him fighting Castillo, but he's kind of the odd man out. Yeah. Now, all of that... Is well and good. I found a great article on ESPN. It's called All the Fighters Who Couldn't or Wouldn't Fight Dimitri Bivol. And they go through about 15 of the top 20 guys in the division and talk specifically with quotes from the from the matchmakers about why they wouldn't or couldn't fight. So Bivol's doing his diligence. It's like the article I found on Lomachenko that time, where if you really do the research, he's as diligent as he could be in finding a proper opponent for him and can't end up in the ring with somebody. And if that's the case, go beat up Lennon Castillo, and we'll see you next month, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, he should give this done handily, especially since... What was it last week that we announced Lennon Castillo uh, stepping in? So it's pretty so- short notice for Castillo, especially to go up against someone like Bivol. So uh, it should be interesting, uh, but Bivol should be able to get it done handedly. Uh, also on that fight card, a rematch between Jessica Mix McCaskill, McCaskill, yeah, yeah, McCaskill, and Erica Farias. 
for McCaskill's WBC and WBA Women's Junior Wellsworth Championship. We always we always like to give the women some love here. These are these are both beasts. This is a fight worth watching. Um, and McCaskill gave Katie Taylor one of her most competitive bouts. Um, I like McCaskill in this fight. Yeah, it should be interesting. I'm, I'm excited. This whole card is going to be fun. But if you don't have zone, yeah, and you do have ESPN Plus and you're a top-ranked guy, no need to fret because from Leeds, England, on ESPN Plus, IBF featherweight champ Josh Warrington puts his title on the line against Sofane Takuchi. I, I, I'm probably butchering that name. Takuche. Takuche. Uh, <laughs> it's one of my favorite names to say. <laughs> uh, the, that that's I, I'm I'm watching the DAZN card. If you if you don't have DAZN, you have ESPN Plus. This is a good uh, good fight to watch. Fill and see and yeah. the, the struggle I have with the sanctioning bodies is that Takuche is that Warrington was uh. When is number one in the IBF, he goes one, you know, so he looks to number two, looks to number three, looks to number four, and finds number four, Takuche, on the IBF list, who I find in my ELO system at number 128. That's ridiculous that you have the 128th best guy by the numbers ranked number four. And when we watch the fight, you're going to say it's number one versus number four. It's not. It's number three versus number 128. Um, it also looks like Takuche built his record on basic nobodies and is just in line to get smashed by Warrington. Uh, but Warrington would be the first to stop Takuche if he did. Uh, close to close to 40 fights, I think the guy has, and he's never been stopped. So there's, there's something there. Um, and Warrington's another guy who went out and attempted to get unification bouts with all those other guys and failed. And took the number four guy on his sanctioning bodies list. Um, and it shouldn't be close. It's sad. Yeah, I mean, fighters are always going to want the best fight, no, no matter what. It's it, We talk about it time and time again. The promoters keep getting in the way. And it's 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 beating a dead drum. It's, it's, it's just ridiculous how much... Uh, we we talk about it, we whine, we complain, we say it, whatever we want to, but they don't do anything to change it. We get disgruntled. This is why boxing is uh, at a place where it's at and why something like MMA, the UFC, Bellator are are on their way to eclipsing it, which I, I don't want to happen. I don't I it will still take some time, but Boxing is re- is in a really good place right now. More people need to be talking about. Yeah, it. yeah. Well, and what we're complaining about isn't the place really that boxing ends, because you're like you said, it's in a good place. It's the potential. Yeah. Of boxing, it's where this could be and where it could go. Which, as fans, we and even as human beings, we always got to be looking toward how can we make this better. Yeah. If we're not, we're we're not we're not living right. All right, that's gonna be it for the previews for this week. And we are going to end the show like we always end the show. And Jared, hit me with that flurry. Thanks, Chase. This, uh, this is a, a, a little bit of a, a segue from what we were just talking about. We do a lot of blaming on the show. It's it's these guys. It's that guys. It's the fighters. They don't want to fight each other. Yeah. 
Navatara, never a test is a is is a punk because he won't fight this and that. Um, And then I was I it occurred to me while I was watching the DAZN broadcast, they put on a good show. There were there were good graphics. Their announcers were really good. There were some really good fighters on the card. They had a stellar main event with Triple G, Triple G and Devinchenko. What they didn't have is a competitive fight before that. There were yeah. eight fights on that card. Um, the seventh fight made it into the fourth round before there was a knockout. The other six didn't see the end of the third. Wow. Not a single fight saw the end. Um, also, honorable mention, there was a Joe Ward has a 290 and 15 amateur record. He was on that undercard fighting a nobody, blew his knee out in the second round and lost. So Joe Ward is 0-1. Um, and that was one of the fights on the undercard that started to look like uh, he was making some rookie mistakes and, and uh, his opponent was capitalizing. But again, that fight ended second round, blown out knee. Um, we had some first round, some second round, some third rounds, and then that the co-main that made it all the way into the fourth round before the bum got knocked out by the elite fighter, and that was it. And either at, at some point you have to blame DAZN. You have to say that these guys would fight better fighters for more money. You're offering yeah. them the least amount of money you can. And they're saying, well, I don't want to fight anybody good for that. And so that's what that card kind of shows to me is that you weren't willing to ante up for any other good fights aside from Triple G and Derevyanchenko, which is kind of the American way. It's it's capitalism. And, and one of the downfalls of a society like this is that people are going to look out for their own best interest. That's what's going on here. But as fans... I'm picking every fight all the way up. It's except for you know the Triple G fight was close, but still you pick every winner far and away and don't even have to feel uncomfortable if you've bet your house on it. That's not how a boxing card should look. No. We need competitive fights and we didn't get them. We got 1 out of 8 that was competitive. The rest were stoppages within 4 rounds. 7 of them within 3. Yeah, but how much of that comes from the casual fan, the just bleed, the gladiator type fan who just wants to see people get knocked out. There's a lot of people like that. There's a lot of people like that. There's not a, there are also a lot of people like you and me who like boxing and understand boxing and want to see a good boxing match. But a lot of people just want to see a brawl in a phone booth and someone getting knocked out in the end. I'm going to tell you, there's a professional trainer who I talk a lot with about Scrub Scraps. He's a good friend of mine. But he's one of those tough guys you can't play boxing guys. And um, and he once said to me, I love what you're doing, giving people confidence, putting them in fights they can win, you know, but at what cost? Some of these kids really think they can box. None of that, you know, that at what cost are you giving them that? And I bit my tongue, but my answer was, I'm doing the same thing you're doing. At what point would you look at somebody putting two autistic kids in the ring 
or one autistic kid and somebody who was going to kick their ass. You know, if you, if yeah. we know ahead of time who's going to win and we're putting our people into winnable fights to to boost their career, to boost them as a fighter, to boost their confidence. What's the difference? You're doing it with somebody professionally, but that's a joke. I've talked about this kid over in Rhode Island. I haven't mentioned his name on purpose, but with this undefeated record and he never fought anybody with a winning record. I really like this kid, but it's a show where you're going to beat somebody up. It's like the whole bully and victim concept has been put on blast. But, dude, you're just kicking this guy's ass for money now. Yeah. We're And we're watching and cheering. How, how, how Roman Gladiator-esque do we want to get with this game when we're just feeding the 128th ranked fighter to the number three guy and selling it to the public as one versus four? It infuriates me because I feel like people are being victimized. And if you're paying them for it, fine. But you can, you can, you, there are enough guys out there to make matchups where nobody has to feel like the lamb going off to the slaughter instead of every fight having one guy that feels like he's there to lose. That feels like this is my shot. If I can beat this champion guy, if I can just land that lucky punch, maybe I can get a big payday and feed my family. But right now I'm just Cinderella manning my way through life, trying to get to the next little bit better thing. And the scrap they're throwing me is 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 one of the best fighters in the world. That's and we just we just can't know ahead of time we can't we can't and and if we're and if we're serving those bloodthirsty savages if that's what we're doing if we've focused our energy on serving that crowd then we should be shut down then boxing should be no more then all the people that fight against our sport are right yeah i agree with that i mean uh, a knockout is a lot better when it is organic when it is too it is a solid fight I understand people casual fans like the knockout and they like they like fighting in a phone booth but I mean when you get an actual good fight and it does end in a knockout that just feels better than something that is a quick one one round knockout where well, and they're, they're human it, it, beings. Yeah, it is a lamb to a slaughter. Like, um, like, uh, like, uh, Andre said after his last fight, those people that really want you to go to war and knock the other guy's head off and take two to give one, those aren't the same people that are going to show up in the hospital to visit you. Yeah. You know, so, so we need to humanize these guys. We need them to stop knocking out each other's trainers at press conferences and stuff. Yes. And we need to stop booking fights that are bullies versus victims. We need to book fights that are, that are fighters versus fighters because some of these are just not fair. And we don't want to put people in fights that aren't fair as a human race. That should not be our objective, to put people in an unfair fight, to put on a show for other people when dudes are dying yeah. doing this. Clean it up. Yeah. All right. That's going to be it for the show. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, 
Apologize, we couldn't go live on Facebook Live this episode. But stay tuned for next episode where we hopefully will be live on Facebook. But you can always find us at Throwing Jabs uh, Podcast on Twitter or at Throwing Jabs on Twitter and uh, throwingjabspodcast.com where you can download the show or you can check us out on iTunes, on uh, Spotify, uh, um, Google Play, uh, uh, iHeartMedia, as well as follow us on Facebook, Throwing Jabs uh, Podcast, where you can tune in uh, our next show, which will hopefully be live. Thank you guys for listening, and we hope to see you next time.